0: This conversation was recorded on July 11th, 2015. Kind of a two-part question related, but we can treat them separately, which is what role does patriotism and then politics? Patriotism and politics play into the faith? In the faith. And we can treat those separately or the same, depending on how you would like to treat that question. Well, yes. That can be a thorny one, but it can also be an obvious one. Okay? Okay. Uh, there are some issues there that I think can be thorny. And, and uh, first of all, I think we have to lay the foundation of how we're to conduct ourselves in the Christian life, just generally we could capsulize a Christian life in, in, in a couple of nutshells. One nutshell is, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. Mm-hmm. So you've received Christ Jesus the Lord by grace through faith only. Right. And you're to walk in him by grace through faith only. Right. So if we can ascribe to our brother in whatever he's doing, that this might be grace by faith for him, that defines the bounds of Christian liberty that we give or allow okay. to anyone. All right? Right. So we leave room for our brother's conscience and for his faith. If if he's operating by grace through faith, or he could be, yeah, you because know, you don't really have to assess that he is. Yeah. But could this be grace through faith in his life? Yeah, then, okay, fine. So can my brother go to Disney World by grace through faith? I I think he can. So, you know, in my mind, okay. I mean, I'm not going, but fine. Yeah. Can a brother uh, stop in at the bar and grill and have a bottle of beer and a sausage sandwich? Do I think he can do that by grace through faith? Yeah, I actually do think that just fine. I mean, I have no problem with that at all. So maybe he does. Uh, Maybe he can't do that by grace through faith, but I could see where somebody could. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. Can my brother smoke a cigarette or have a cigar by grace through faith? I think he can. He can eat some of the most obnoxious food. Can my brother eat meatloaf by grace through faith? Yeah, he can. I'm not going to do it. That's gross. But, uh, (laughs) you know, he can. So let me Can I just, first of all, give that big, broad plate of liberty that we you know that we allow we can pick and choose from yeah so now it comes to the subject matter right yeah i I went through diet i went through you know drinking i went through a few different movies we could cut we could cut a lot of social fabric out and examine it and now we're talking about first patriotism and then second political activity which which are related, and so that one is a disposition, and then the other one is a activity-based. Uh, Endeavor, activity based Endeavor yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I think another big line we can cut is lawfulness. I think, you know, well, let the, let's let the law guide us. However— And you mean the actual law of the land there. Uh, I'm talking about the law of the land, but let's remember that the law of the land itself can be lawless. So we also have to think about lawful means of opposing— illegal law. Simplest thing is is someone who, you know, protests abortion. I have no problem with somebody protesting abortion. I, I really don't. I mean, we're a country of free speech. Uh, you'd think with six Catholic judges that uh, it'd be a laydown with the Catholic Church being so... Anti-ab- allegedly anti-abortion. But I guess you see how that goes. So that would be here. an example of political activity, so to speak. Yeah, they're, they're, that's an example of political activity. And by the way, could be defined by patriotism. You know, that's you so. could define that by patriotism. Say, well, this might be the law of the land, but this is very bad for my country. I love my country. Mm. And I want, I want my country to get on the right side of uh, you know, the baby-killing business. So they're there, for example, and I'm I'm like, okay, I I haven't been in an abortion protest, but I'm fine. If somebody else is, not sure. I'm sure fine. Uh, wish them well. Might pray for them even. That's their, that's what they feel like. You know. If I'm persuaded, God's in that thing, I'll pray for it too. Support it. Honk as I drive by. The other things that they ask you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think, if a, I think if a guy was out on the street and he had a sign that said, honk if you love Jesus, would you honk? Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would. And those are, you know, little things and big things. So, so for, for one, it might be a little thing. You know, you honk to support. For another, I mean, you might go to jail. He might intentionally go to jail. I, I have a high school friend who's intentionally gone to jail a few times on anti-abortion protests. Huh. Catholic guy, by the way. Well, I don't know. He used to be Baha'i. I'm not sure anymore. Never can be. Now, there's political activity. Now, patriotism. Well, guideline from the Scripture, right? Paul exercised his Roman citizenship rights. That's how he got to Rome. Yeah. And as many Bible students as are, are critical that he got himself to Rome by appealing when he didn't need to, blah, 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 blah. should have just taken it, blah, 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 blah. blah. Those people don't remember that Paul was operating under prophecy that he would go to Rome. And he may have seen it as opportunity and said, I protest to Caesar. Time to go to Rome. Maybe he did. Yeah, I don't know. But I've been to court. I'm not critical of Paul saying I appeal to Caesar. He has had enough lawlessness. He'd, he'd been illegally jailed probably numerous times. But in detail, we saw one illegally beaten, illegally jailed. Yeah. And he knew that he was a Roman citizen. In fact, he confronted people and so said, I'm a Roman citizen. And that centurion said, well, I bought this with great price. And Paul says, well, it didn't cost me nothing. I'm freeborn. I've always been a Roman citizen. I don't have to buy my way in. By the way, you can buy your way into the United States now, at least with a green card, for a half million dollars. And you don't have to give anybody the half million. You just have to invest it here huh. in a business. Half million, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. So, patriot I think here's the. De- I mean, Christian culture is one throughout the whole earth, throughout the entire age. We can travel to any country and meet with the brothers and sisters and be in the Christian culture and yeah. the house of God. So therefore, uh, because that's the way God has established it, the church, which is His body, it has to be possible for every Christian to live in their own land according to the dictates of Scripture, to respect the law, to, to function, no matter what the land is. I and mean, There's more or less evil countries. Mm-hmm. I, probably every country tells its people they're the good guys. Our country's still trying to tell us we're the good guys. But, you know, as Christians, we look at it and we go, well, no, not 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 always and anymore, maybe not even usually. Seems like we're not usually the good guys anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, with with these things in mind, and you say, well, I am a citizen. This is what I can do. This is what what I actually can bring to the table. We're not simply to be the light of the world. We are to be the light of the world. We're also to be the salt of the earth. I'm going to say I'm going to bring the viewpoint of Jesus Christ to everything. And, you know, Jesus Christ knew, for example, that the... Tax collectors were uh, extortioners. So when a tax collector gets saved, and you know, believes in the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ, he tells him, don't collect any more than you're supposed to. He did st- sort that guy out. Yeah. Jesus knew how the tax collectors behaved. Now, he didn't make a campaign out of it, but he told that guy. And, of course, he was taking on the unlawful and improper teaching of the Pharisees, publicly, all the time. Every day he was out in public opposing the religious view of his day and teaching the correct view. Now he did that for three and a half years and turned the world upside down. Yeah. Mobs of people thronged him all the time. It wasn't some guy that just happened by once in a while and a few people with him. It was never like that. It was always that he was thronged with, you know, Thousands and thousands and millions of people, very possibly healing every one of them. I mean, can you imagine? There's some guy that you can go visit, and he's healing everybody that, you know, gets near him. What about the woman who went through the press, it says? She she, she finagled a way through a crowd just to touch the hem of his garment, and she got healed. Yeah. think she was the only one? No, she had to press through a crowd of people trying to do that kind of thing. Let me say that the Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul, they made a big impact on society by teaching the truth. Now you say political activity. Well, let's talk about political activity, and let's worry a little bit about the leaven of the the Herodians. Because it's one thing to be the salt of the earth. It's another thing to say we need to be in charge. Those are two very different things, wouldn't you agree? Hmm. Well, isn't it easier to preserve when you're in charge? I, I wouldn't say so. Don't you have more ability to yeah. do things the way that you yeah, think that, they should that, be done? that sounds like a real Herodian right there. <laughs> well. yeah. No, I, I disagree completely. I think you can be more persuasive if you're not trying to take over. Well, if you're in charge, you don't need to persuade. You can just. Well, yeah, yeah. You now you don't dictate. need to be persuasive. But the fact is, right, our job, our role is to be persuasive. Knowing, therefore, the fear of the Lord, we what? Persuade men. Persuade men. We're supposed. Look, people oppose me and despise me because I become very persuasive. I'm armed with the scripture. I become very persuasive. I find people don't even want to talk. People that are doing evil, for example, they don't even want to talk to me because I will persuade whoever is listening that they're doing evil. So believe you me, when, when you're persuasive in this world, the world doesn't want, to be, it doesn't want the preservation of the believers. The world is turning on the believers. There's a worldwide persecution of Christians going on today. And, you know, if you're a frog in a soup and you don't notice it, just get out there and start talking about Jesus Christ. Start evangelizing a Roman Catholic friends, for example. So now you're on the other side of things. Let's run everything. Well, wait a minute. You know, an ambassador has a lot to say about what's going on in the country to which he's sent. When the president sends his personal representative to a country, an ambassador, mm-hmm. it is important for that guy to give the president's opinion to the local government that he is sent to represent to He's supposed to give the president's viewpoints on things as they go on, all kinds of things, possibly, domestic policy included. But now if he says, I need, you know, instead of being trying to persuade these people to do this stuff, this isn't working. I just need to take over here. You know, I need to run for office in this foreign country. Well, a minute he starts to do something like that, or I need to go help one of the political parties get the right guy elected, as soon as he starts doing that kind of thing, that's unlawful, and the president calls him home, where he should. He should. Call, okay. Mm-hmm. And there could be all manner of unlawfulness that's going on where, you know, that actually happens. I think it probably does happen. And did, you know, was Ambassador Stevens, uh, was he a bag man or a gun runner for the Syrian uh, militants and others uh, and maybe I don't know is that why he died at Benghazi I don't know that could have been part of it but that's not supposed to happen the guy gets involved locally he's not supposed to be told to get involved he gets involved then he's called home well the Lord Jesus doesn't ever break the rules of ambassadorship so he sends us to be ambassadors so we have to draw the line I think at, uh, we have to draw our own lines if you think you're called to run for office, that's fine. But don't tell me that we need Christians to run things. I, that that's not that's not what we need. If if God called you to be a state senator, and I can believe that, and I could under certain circumstances, probably I'll vote for you and uh, you know, I might give you 100 bucks and uh, the Lord bless you. But if you're going to come with a message of if we Christians could just take over everything and run right I'd have to say that's not our mission here. Our mission isn't to run everything right. Now, if you, if you want to tell the, the people of the world here that this is the right way to do things, I'm with you 100%. But you've got to draw the ambassador line. How do you know when someone's drawing the ambassador line? Well, yeah, this is why I think, uh, how do you know someone is or how do you know you are? Well, let's start with someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's usually a bad place to start. All right, let's start with let's start with ourselves. Yeah, let's start with me and let's start with you. I think it's easier to tell with you and me. You to tell with me. I just got done suing the city of Omaha, right, for uh, illegally an illegal power gram to license the average working man and property owner, and uh, and I spent three years on that. Now I have to decide whether to go to the Supreme Court with it or not. Uh, I, I could see where somebody might not want to go there. After all, it's been vicious and ugly and expensive. But I, I don't really have room for a guy that says I don't have liberty. I'm, I happen to know I'm the only guy that saw clearly on this in the whole city. I'm the only guy that saw it for what it was in detail. And I tried to get other people to take it up, but they were scared. And, of course, I was scared, too, because time, money, expense, notoriety, a lot of stuff. And I hate operating out of fear. So instead, I operate in faith. And uh, I think that is—now, see, I can explain it. And I think somebody that is involved in questionable activity, political activity— should be able to explain satisfactorily to uh, you know properly informed person of faith mm-hmm. uh, to let them know that this is, I am exercising my Christian liberties, responsibilities. Uh, I'm, I'm fine before God in this. Not very many actually do, by the way, if you drill down and find out. Recently here in Nebraska, the Nebraska state legislature voted out the death penalty. They're not free to do that. That's unlawful. Every nation must have the death penalty before God. That's the cornerstone of civil government. And I of course, I had my, view, my viewpoint was pretty easy to derive because of the scriptures, but I discovered that a lot of people, you know, didn't get what the Bible actually said. and finally, then I got asked to talk to. A couple of state legislators uh, about the, you know, about how biblical capital punishment actually was. Now, mm. sure, that's political activity, but again, it's to persuade. Yeah, yeah, and I think we are to be persuasive. I think we are to be lights to the world and salt to the earth. You know, uh, uh, that preserving influence, but uh, not to run it, not to run it. I could give an anecdote of my own past, maybe, and it'll help out a little bit. Sure. I had the governor. I was a young fellow, and, you know, I was a pretty effective politician. I'd never lost an election. Uh, in high school, I was uh, student president, of the, you know, head of the student president, student council. I had been class vice president, all my, I think, all my years, and, uh, and I became student council president, and I won that election, and I went to college, and I... I editor of the campus paper a couple times, and I became student president at the university I attended, and I won that election. So I had some political uh, uh, background and success. And the governor of the state, the uh, late governor, he's, he's not with us anymore. I uh, went to football games with him uh, every home game and uh, sat in front of him and uh at the end of the football season during the bowl trip to memphis tennessee the governor sat down with me and said john uh let's uh let's put you in let's get you in the legislature let's let's get you in there next next time around and i and i told him well no i'm uh governor i appreciate that i i know you you're sincere uh, but I'm done with politics already. I had my Bible with me. I said, I'm going to study this book, get to know the Bible better, and then I'm going to preach it, and I don't think there's room for me running for office at this time. And he went on to say, well, you know, I think we need committed Christians in office. I, I disagree with Billy Graham. I don't think he got too far, you know, because that was at, at a time where Billy Graham had said he got too close to the Nixon administration, He, you know backed off because he thought he was getting too inside in politics. Huh. So then he gave me then the governor gave me his testimony, how he received Christ as Savior at a Grand Crusade, or watching a Grand Crusade on TV. And uh, you know, I I accepted his testimony, believed he was a brother in Christ, asked him if he had any Christian fellowship. He said he said, I don't feel any morally good I don't you know he some, well, I don't remember these exact words but he said he wasn't feeling salvation very much and I asked him if he had Christian fellowship and he said no and I said well that's a big piece and had he been baptized and he said no and I said well there's another piece. I mean some of these things you just need to follow the Lord and you'll find the you know mm-hmm. the, the power and the spiritual strength that you're missing yeah, 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 okay. I don't have it's a gift, yet, but uh, that was kind of threshold time in my life where I realized there's a difference between being persuasive to people that are in government and being one of them. And I think when you're one of them, they're not going to listen to you if they're on the other side, hmm. right? Because they're not supposed to listen to you. But if you're not one of them, you say, well, you can go talk to your opponent. You can go talk to your enemy, uh, political, you know, su- subject matter enemy. Right. You don't treat him like an enemy because you don't have to because he's not your opponent. He's opposing himself, you know, and opposing the citizens. And so I think, I think, you, have to t- I think you have to look at effectiveness. For, for, forget rules and regulations because there are none. But effectiveness, what's effective? What is faithful? What is inside conscience? Mm-hmm. What is inside the bounds of Scripture? And, and then I think, you know, so that's for you individually. And then for the rest of us that want to fellowship with you, we're going to give you room. Uh, we're going to give you room to, we're going to even give you room to go in and find out it's a mistake what you're doing, because, you know, that's what we do with each other. We, we live with each other while we make mistakes. Yeah. And, and uh, we learn from one another and we let each other learn our lessons. Not a lot of precision there, but that's what I think.